Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots. Welcome to the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan. I'm joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, and we are coming to you live from the TD Garden after the Celtics win at the buzzer. Jason Tatum spinning layup in just a wild, wild basketball game that they had no right to win. They take down the Nets. Kyrie Irving's flipping off the fans. He scores 39 points. He's unstoppable. Just an unbelievable final minute. The Celtics come down from being down three with 49 seconds left. Unbelievable uh, defensive stand against Kyrie Irving. Ime Udoka doesn't call a timeout. Jalen Brown makes an extra pass. Marcus Smart gives up the game-tying shot to make finds Jason Tatum cutting to the basket. This place was absolutely pandemonium. Jay King, I, I was just my dumb, dumbstruck, just wild, wild game. What was your reaction? Yeah, that was insane. Um I mean, how long did it take for everyone to leave the arena? It was it was just people, nobody wanted to leave. Everyone was standing up. Everyone was loud as hell for like 15 minutes. It, the, nobody left until every Celtics player had walked off the court. And even after the game, like you could hear people chanting, from outside you could hear like it was just insanity um and that last play considering the stakes which was going down one nothing to a Nets team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that clearly showed how formidable it is (laughs) the the number of smart decisions that Celtics made in that play was just really impressive first Jalen you know, draws help and kicks out and gives up what would have been a, a pretty decent shot to try to to win the game. He kicks it out to Marcus Smart, who I thought like had to shoot it because there were just like three and a half seconds left when when he caught the ball. He caught the ball with three and a half seconds left, which is why. Yeah, and he puts the ball on the deck instead, and Kevin Durant like just kind of loses track of Jason Tatum for a little bit, probably because Kevin Durant, like everyone else, thought Marcus Smart was going to shoot the ball. All of a sudden, Tatum is cut into the hoop. He, he initially thought he was crashing the glass for an offensive rebound because he thought Smart would shoot it, but Smart found Tatum, and he still had to do like a little pirouette around Kyrie Irving to finish it. Um, and I, honestly, like it, it sounds – 
a little dramatic because this is the first game of the series. It's the first game of the playoffs. But that could have saved the Celtics season. Like, like it's that important not to go down one nothing to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And maybe I'm being dramatic. Maybe, you know, the Celtics could have come back from that. They certainly have a, a good enough team that that's within the realm of possibility. But you are much, much happier if you're the Celtics about going up one nothing and keeping home court and having a chance Wednesday night to preferably win in a little less dramatic fashion. They they stole this basketball game. They In the fourth quarter, they did not play well. I thought they did an excellent job of slowing down Kevin Durant all game. I thought they did an excellent job just putting a body on him. Uh, Jason Tatum did an excellent job on defense. Al Horford, Grant Williams. I thought they did an amazing job slowing down Kevin Durant. And their offense was really clicking, uh, especially in the third quarter there. But then when it got to the fourth quarter, they missed layup after layup. They missed countless shots uh, at the rim or in the paint in this game. And frankly, to give up that kind of lead, they had an 11-point lead heading into the fourth quarter. They just did not look good uh, at all down the stretch. And it, they they stole this basketball game. And I think it's it's huge for them because... They will like just to get this victory. You never want to give up home court advantage, uh, certainly in a playoff series like this. But I think there's so much more that the Celtics can improve upon um, heading into game two. So it's like the best of the best of both worlds. Like there's there's a lot of film Ime is going to show them on, on certainly things they can improve upon on the offensive end, on the defensive end, uh, how they play against Kyrie Irving. But to steal the victory late, like the late game execution is what we like kind of thought this team's Achilles heel might be. And they um figured out a way to win late they really like from from when they're basically bickering at each other uh when they gave up that Kyrie three late um where it's just a miscommunication between Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart basically that that put them down five and they made basically all the right plays uh in the final minute and a half to get but and steal this game and, and you're right I, like you'd never want to go be this bad uh in a position against the Brooklyn Nets so I was just I think there's a lot the Celtics can improve upon, but it's just like it's very gutty uh, for them to be able to win this game and um, and maybe like a, just re- relying on championship habits or having trust in each other, whatever whatever like the cliche basketball uh, basketball gods type thing answer is. It's like that's what they relied on tonight, and it's uh, it was damn impressive. Yeah, and I thought like before that, like you said in the fourth quarter, they just weren't crisp. The one of their biggest like trouble areas weirdly was the non-Durant minutes. They lost those in both halves. And and Tatum because of how well or how poorly the Celtics played when Durant was on the bench had to play 45 minutes because I I imagine they were hoping to be able to keep like a 10-point lead. And and then sneak a couple minutes for Tatum and bring him back for the stretch run. Instead, Kyrie went bonkers. He hit a, a couple threes in a row, brought this up, the Nets right back within like one or two points before Durant even came back. And and that like that that could have been an enormous stretch. And they have to be much sharper in those minutes, especially on Kyrie. There's no excuse to let him go off and let him step into comfortable looks when 
Durant is sitting on the bench. Like, got to do more to take the ball out of his hands. Got to do more to make him uncomfortable, especially in those moments when he doesn't have Durant next to him. Um, And then I just thought from that moment, like the Celtics pressed a little bit in the fourth quarter. Like Marcus Smart had the one play where he's in transition and Kevin Durant is back and he attacks him, you know, and, and missed a layup. And Derek White had a possession where they run a switch to get Jason Tatum. I think it was Seth Curry. It might have been Kyrie Irving, but one of the smaller Nets guys on him. And White goes at Durant instead. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's not why you execute that play. You execute it to get it to Tatum, give him the ball, let him do his thing. I thought Jalen Brown really made a lot of plays for the Celtics when they were flailing. And he he made some transition plays. He hit the three when Derek White had an extra pass. And I'm not sure whether Derek White just wanted no part of the shot or actually just thought it would be a better idea to find Jalen at the other side of the arc. Um, but Jalen didn't start off great. But during that fourth quarter, when the Celtics were potentially drowning, he really, really saved them. And I, I thought the the buckets he gave them when they had nothing else going for them were just enormous. And we'll get lost in the hoopla of the the final minute in Al Horford's double on Kyrie Irving, which was fantastic. And the the defense on Durant to force a miss and and obviously the the final crazy sequence of passing that led to Tatum's finish at the buzzer but but Jalen Brown before all that um really really gave the Celtics a chance yeah all the while he was just uh completely bloody from his nose uh after getting fouled on that was no foul he did not get fouled (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, I was I was saying where he should have been called. Kyrie should have been called for a foul, but it would have been his fifth. Uh, you're right. There was no call there. That was really the story of the first quarter. I guess first half of the game was this. Both teams came out and played very physically, and the refs came out and uh, let them let their presence be known. I think 18 fouls in the first half. Let's try to take a step back here from the wild finish. And what did we learn from this game one? uh from the celtics because i i my my initial takeaway before i guess that fourth quarter was just i was super impressed with the job that the celtics were doing on on kevin durant and then maybe they're putting so much attention on kd that they kind of uh were, were lackadaisical against Kyrie because Kyrie i think went off for something like 19 points in the fourth quarter but that was my biggest uh kind of like oh wow I didn't know the Celtics could be this good at slowing KD down. And he missed a, a few shots I'd expect him to make. But I thought they just did a, a phenomenal job of like always putting a body on him and making his life extremely difficult. Yeah, and I thought, I, I thought like you said, like they did a great job on Durant. He was minus 13. And the Celtics won by one. Like that, that should not happen. But but Kyrie Irving did a, a great job when, when Durant was on the bench. Um I think, you know, you look at beyond the Kyrie stuff, like the Celtics didn't do a good job of taking away everybody else either. Like Claxton had a bunch of points around the rim. Dragic had just his third double-digit game since joining the Nets. That's that's classic Goron. I He's just been a thorn in the Celtics' side since like 2012. Yeah, and, and so like I thought – 
outside of Durant, who was nine for twenty-four, the Celtics didn't do a good job on anybody else. Basically, um, the Nets shot fifty-four percent, and after a first quarter where I I thought the Celtics should have built a big lead in that first quarter, like they forced seven turnovers, their defense was really being disruptive, Durant was having a really tough time, and the Celtics just weren't weren't finishing possessions the right way, and and in instead of you know build, building a nice lead they had all their front court getting foul trouble Horford had two Tice had two and Grant Williams had two before the end of the first quarter and I, I thought I thought that was a stretch where they they really failed to kind of not put the nets away because it was the first quarter but but give themselves a little room um and I, I thought that set the tone for a, a first half that that the Celtics were tied after uh third quarter they were great like Marcus Smart hit a bunch of threes he had the the one play where Kyrie was inbounding the ball and just nobody went back to get the ball and Smart stole his pass and went in for a dunk um but but other than that third quarter like there was never a moment when the Celtics were like comfortably beating the Nets uh and so they'll need to be a lot crisper moving forward, the Celtics. Yeah, and I think the the another takeaway of mine is was just how good Al Horford was in this game. Twenty points, fifteen. Yeah, points, he was great. But the Celtics' size stood out to me. Um, I don't know how many they got fourteen offensive rebounds. I don't know how many second chance points uh, that led to, but it really felt like um, the Nets. The Nets had an interesting kind of like substitution strategy. Seth Curry basically did uh, nothing in this game. We did see a lot of Goran Dragic, some Patty Mills. But I don't think the Celtics necessarily, despite having that many offensive rebounds, um, did enough to punish uh, the Nets and just using their size. Like uh, they got stops in like that third quarter on the defensive end and kind of turned in a transition. And that was some of the like the best ways they did it. But I think there's there's more they can do just to be more tactile, more strategic on, on the offensive end and get just better looks in that fourth quarter. Um, and if it's just simple things like getting Jason Tatum, um, you know, getting him the ball when he has Seth Curry on him or, or things like that, I think there's ways the Celtics can improve. I'm looking at the minutes right now, and I'm shocked to see like Marcus Smart only at 36 minutes. I feel like his defense was pretty damn good and Kyrie not made some threes over him but that fourth quarter run that the uh the Kyrie went on but like, came in with Peyton Pritchard getting into the game and I feel like you you got to play uh I guess Marcus Smart more minutes and I would expect him to play um more minutes down the stretch uh I don't know I just thought the Celtics like could have like just could have been a lot smooth crisper and smoother on the offensive end and I think um Part of that is just like trying to take advantage where you can because it felt like when people like Dragic, when Kyrie or Seth Curry were in the game, it wasn't like the the Celtics were necessarily attacking them. A lot of their offense came from Jason Tatum um, making just great passes in the first quarter. I think he had seven assists in the first half. Uh, and then Jason Tatum attacking guys like Nick Claxton off the dribble. Um, I didn't think the Celtics half-court offense was uh, particularly crisp, and I think they can do more um, just to kind of take take a you know take 
take advantage of just their size advantage. Take advantage of their size advantage. That's a turn of phrase. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, I thought offensive rebounds was really the only way they did that, uh, or the only way they did it consistently. Like they didn't do enough to get Dragic in the actions. They didn't do enough to get Patty Mills on the actions. And honestly, like it's it's tough to watch it while it's a game's going on and see exactly what the Nets were doing to keep those guys away. So I'm not sure, like if it was something where Brooklyn was just really smart about keeping those guys out of the actions. Um, But you definitely have to punish the Nets when they play Dragic, punish them when they play Mills, punish them, you know, for starting Seth Curry next to Kyrie Irving. So I do think you're right. At the same time, like the Celtics offense had, for the most part, like a a pretty decent day. I I thought they pressed a little bit. I I thought even though the last sequence, like – they were really smart. They made the extra pass. They they did all the right things. I I didn't think they always got to that level. Um, and maybe it's you know game one of the playoffs. You're playing against Durant and Kyrie. Kyrie's putting on a show. He's flipping people off. Everyone's excited. <laughs> and, Multiple people yeah. flipping people off left and right. <laughs> Everyone's excited, and and you just naturally press a little bit. Um, but they weren't as as good about making the right reads as they have been throughout the last three months. Um, and I, I think they can make things easier on themselves if they do do that. Uh, I was surprised to see Peyton Pritchard only played eight minutes, but I I understand it because like if, if size is going to be one of your biggest advantages in this series, and it should be, um, then you might want to steer away from the guy who is the smallest guy in your rotation. But I think that he can give their offense something. 
Um, and then the other part of that is they had him guard Kyrie for a little while, and Kyrie hit a three over him. So I think, like, especially when Durant's out, like, there's no excuse for having Peyton Pritchard in that matchup. Like, just just have him guard someone else. You 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 can't have him guarding Kyrie because Kyrie is too skilled in ISO to to let the Celtics off the hook. Um, and it was it was only like a possession or two. Like it wasn't it wasn't a lot, but but still, like those are moments where the game could have shifted, and the game the game did shift, and and they just have to be sharper in those moments. I, I thought it was a weird game from the standpoint of what I expected was that when Durant was on the court, the Nets would be fantastic, and then when he was off the court, the Celtics would really really win those minutes. It went totally the other way. Uh, I thought it was huge for Brooklyn when Drummond picked up his fourth foul in the first half because I just think Claxton was a better option. Um, and, and Drummond, like, he wasn't doing much on the glass. He wasn't he wasn't really helping them too much. No, and he got allowed Al Horford to kind of pop out and get some threes that he got going in the first half. And, I, yeah, I, I think that was actually an advantage there for the Nets. And so – it's going to be fascinating to see what the the both teams take from this game and uh, take into game two on Wednesday. A long, drawn-out series. We'll be back uh, early in the week to um, talk a little bit more about this game one because there's certainly more to break down, but we wanted to give you our quick reactions to game one. Celtics win 115-114. to 114. Jay King, he's a professional sports writer, and so he needs to go write about this basketball game. Thank you guys here for joining us on the Athletic app. And thank you for everyone listening to the podcast. Please subscribe, rate it's five stars, and do everything about that. Jay, uh, Jay is a is a Jason Tatum buzzer beater. Is that possibly potable? Yeah, I, I think that one is Packard. I believe that one. Everything is, is potable. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.